Johnny Summers, for people that don't know, tell them about the sweet, sweet deal at the Hamlet Bar right here in town. Monday through Monday. Nice. 2 to 6 p.m. You're going to get money off of, what is it, a dollar? Dollar off every single one of their draft beers. Which is a lot of them. Which is a lot. 28. That's that's many. Seven times four, guys. It's a lot of beers. Got some good ones in there. Uh, If you're on Patreon, maybe some of our top 10 Maybe, which means you could go in there ostensibly and have four beers a day for seven days of the week, and you get $28 off of your grand total of a really good deal. We're basically economics professors, and we're saying you should drink at the handlebar. Seven days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they're happy hours, seven days a week, two to six, a dollar off those draft beers. If you've never been, they also have an awesome patio, a great menu for food. They've got a full bar if cocktails are more your thing. And again, if you haven't been, they're at 2070 East 20th Street, right here in Chico on the south end of town. The Handlebar, a craft beer bar for the adventurer. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello there, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast based in Chico, California. I am Max Minardi. Johnny Summers, sitting right here. This week on the show, our thoughts on women talking. It's our conclusion of our coverage of the Best Picture nominees in this year's Academy Awards. And if you don't know, it's a film from writer-director Sarah Polly about an isolated group of Mennonite women who, to put it lightly, learn a shocking truth about the men in their village. But before we get to that probably heavy conversation, Johnny, tell these people what we're drinking this week. Revisiting our old friends, Fieldwork Brewing. Our oldest friends. Our oldest friends. They've been with us since episode one. So fun. Very nostalgic. Uh, They're out of Berkeley, California. The first beer is quite possibly their most famous. It is simply known as Pulp. It is a hazy IPA. And later in the show, we'll be trying a clear version of that same beer, appropriately titled Pulp Free. Nicely done. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Thursday evening. As a quick heads up, you're only going to be hearing the first 30 minutes of our show, which includes our first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of women talking. That said, if you are so inclined to listen to our show in its entirety, which includes spoilers for women talking, a second beer review, and the always entertaining hot and bothered segment, Johnny will tell you what to do. You go click on the Searchy McSearch bar and you type in the Fresh Hop Cinema podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you look that sort of thing up. We release new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m. We've been doing that since 2016. If you like us and our show, go leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and brag to us and all your friends that you did because you'll be way cooler. To hang out with us on the social medias, search The Fresh Hop Cinemas on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or Facebook again. Uh, or just head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com. Nice. Let's talk Patreon here for a second, dude. Um, if... I don't know. Maybe people don't know. Uh, Patreon is a way to support a thing that you love with your money. In this case, hopefully it's us. You can give us a couple bucks each and every week or each and every month, whatever works for your budget. And in return, we give you access through the wall of mystery to our Patreon page, which has things like bonus content, um, our first annual somehow beers of the years, 2022, where we recapped our best and worst beers of last year and gave you all of our ratings and what maybe you, you should buy if you see, and definitely not buy if you see, mm-hmm. um, additionally, we got bonus movie reviews and lists of all sorts and invites to fun events. And what am I missing? 
Wow, swanky, sexy backyard bottle shares, barbecues, digital movie nights, like you said, all the bonus content they could ever want. There's probably a solid year's worth of bonus content in the back catalog. You mean if you pressed play on the stuff we originally put out and you let it roll, it would last a year? 366 days because there's a leap year in there somewhere too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. There's something we are – well, actually, I won't even tease it. If if you're on Patreon by now, you'll probably know – and I don't want to incentivize people because it's going to be very incentivizable. So never mind. Join Patreon for really cool stuff. It's I'm excited now. I don't even know what you're talking you about. You actually don't. And I'm going to tell you, and you're going to love it. All right. Uh, it's patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. If you'd like to learn a little more, go sign up. It's very easy to do. It's so exclusive. I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> All right. Johnny Summers, housekeeping done. It is time to drink some beer on, as you hinted at, the first brewery we ever covered when we started the show back in 2016. Now, we are not drinking that same beer, which I just had in my brain, and now I've forgotten what that beer was. Do you recall by chance? No clue. It was a long time I'll, ago. Okay, I'll think of it years ago. I'll think of it in a second. We aren't doing that. We are doing a beer called Pulp. But first, for our listeners and, and for us, apparently, remind me of our history with Fieldwork Brewing. Yeah, so also we dated them on one episode uh, episode one, yes, obviously, right. and then episode 27, we actually did this exact same beer, right? Pulp. Uh, we reviewed it and we gave it, I gave it a nine and you gave it an eight. It which... was before you were jaded about New England IPAs, I think. Yes. Uh, and also just to close this loop, the first beer we ever did, episode one, was a beer called Galaxy Juice, which is a New England IPA, um, 6.6%. And I got it in a crowler. I think, you know, we didn't nice. know what we were going to do with the show. So I just came back and was like, hey, like, you know, we, could, got do, so much we could drink this and then we could just talk about it. And we were both like, perfect. This is so exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, yeah, we have done Pulp before. Um, so let's let's keep on a moving, dude. That's right. And if you don't know what Pulp is, let me tell you a little bit about it. Dating back to 2016, huh, just like us. Wow. Is that true? Oh, maybe that's why I had it in a crowler because they didn't have it in cans yet. They had it on draft in the Sacramento tap room. Oh, wow. So I must have gotten it like. Yeah, they didn't can for, well, that makes sense. Wow. This is, this is great. Yeah, dating back to 2016, Pulp originated as a sister beer to our pulp-free West Coast IPA. Except for Pulp, we drop the bittering additions and package it with any, oh my God, I can't read. Without... For what it's, well, let me jump in, because for what it's worth, this isn't your fault. You copy and pasted this from their website. Yeah. And despite, we've gotten very good at grammar in our years since doing this, but it seems that Fieldwork has not. No. You think you're doing great. Keep, okay. Keep trying. It's really Thanks. hard to read. Except for Pulp, we drop the bittering additions and package it without any fining agents, leaving it turbid and creamy. Using a much more fruit-focused yeast strain, this IPA kicks off complementary esters of overripe peaches falling from a tree that pairs perfectly with its juicy citra hops. While none of our beers are filtered, Pulp exemplifies this with the appearance of an opaque monster that adds a nice, juicy mouthfeel to the beer, making it stick to the palate in an aggressive nature. Mm -hmm. The abundance of citra hops creates an aromatic bombardment that smells like a Sunday drive through a citrus orchard at the peak of season. With notes of fresh-squeezed orange juice, lemonhead candies, peach candy rings, and juicy sweet mango trekking from the first sniff to the last sip. Pulp delivers just what we want. Pure, juicy, hoppy deliciousness in its most natural form. Max, I dare you to come up with a more flowery and beautiful prose to describe this beer than that. I could do it and it would have commas, but (laughs) I'd need a little time to write it. Before you react to what you're about to taste, I want to remind people that I thought it was an eight originally. You thought it was a nine. Now, one of two things could happen six and something months, years later. 
the beer could be the same and our palates could have evolved. Option B is that, well, option B is a combination of our palates evolving and the beer changing. I think it's pretty unusual for a brewery of the size of Fieldwork to not adapt their recipe at all. Now, what I've noticed on tasting this is that it's worse than I remember. Are you having a similar uh, reaction to this? I remember it being just more, more robust, more juicy, more citrusy. This feels very dialed back. I remember it being good, and it isn't. Is what I'm dealing with right Damn, now. Damn, son. A little hot take there, but no, it's the same ABV. I just double checked, six point nine percent still, like you said. Um, it's um, it's way more, it's way more scratchy and uh, I'm think of a better word than scratchy. It's way more abrasive, maybe. It's way more. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, there's a combination of cl- it's like it's like sweet sandpaper. Almost. There's a real grittiness to it. That sweet, sweet sandpaper. <laughs> you know, if they made flavored sandpaper, I think it would be sort of like this. Um, there's a distinct reminiscent flavor of something like maybe a vacuum bag would have. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of how it tastes. I don't like what I'm getting so far. I've had one taste. Um, I also was sipping on a beer before this while we were doing a little extra work for another section of our show. So I'm going to try it again. But first impression, or truthfully, first impression in years um, not super impressed so far. No, I feel like this beer would have been lit six years ago though. Like six years ago, we had never tasted anything like this. Well, yeah. I mean, and this might be the more interesting conversation to have about this beer, kind of using it more as a springboard than a real talking point. But the, the evolution of the sort of West coast, New England IPA, which I mean, like New England IPA is brewed on the West coast. Mm-hmm. They've changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. There, there was a point in time where essentially the only breweries that were notable for this kind of style and people would wait in line to get would be like your your Moonrakers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Or I, like Monkish. Or Monkish, then. sure. Um, a lot of those breweries have fallen off a little bit, and I'm not sure it's because their beers have gotten worse or the secret's kind of out, and lots of breweries are able to make these beers on a really competitive level. Well, like the head brewer at... That helped start Moonraker is now at Slice. Wasn't he at no, sorry, Knee Deep went to uh somewhere. Well, I don't remember. The guy from Knee Deep, who I think his name was Jeremy something, went to maybe not Moonraker, but another place. But yeah, people have like the yeah. information has been shared mm-hmm. amongst the tradesmen. I mean, really, this beer was pre-hazy little thing. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah, that is wild. Um, I've just had a second drink. Um, very, very unimpressed. Um, yeah, there's a mustiness, there's a staleness, there's a wet cardboard thing going on. You and I both checked for a canning date on this, which kind of surprisingly to me, they didn't put. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I mean, it might be old. Where'd you pick these up? Oh, uh, these were a gift. From who? Sean Kaywood. Sean knows his beer. Yeah. But I would like to know where he got them. Yeah. Well, he got, you can only get them at Fieldwork. Is that true? Yeah. Then that sucks because yeah. this means this beer isn't as good as um, either it used to be or I thought it used to be. Yeah, I think I remember it being more pithy, more bright, more orange juicy. Just totally. more, more of everything. This feels, like I said, very dialed back for me. Is it dialed back? Because for me, it's a different, they're different flavors. I don't used to, I didn't remember there were more of these flavors. There were different flavors completely. I mean, throughout the years, <laughs> I've had this beer quite a few times since episode 27. And it really does, to me, just taste like a subdued version of it. 
I don't know if it's just lost some of its oomph, but uh, it's it's still good for me. Definitely, it's still a good beer. Really? It's just yeah, it's just not <clears throat> living up to its fullest potential. Wow. Okay. I like I like that we're coming off of our discussion of our best and worst beers of 2022 and. One of my favorite things about that was the valley in between a beer that I loved and that you didn't love. Yeah. Um, and the extra little bit of um, irony here is that I used to love this beer, and now I really don't like this. <laughs> I think this is – I almost threw out disgusting. I don't think that's quite right, but it's close. I think this is horrendous. Wow. I'm not sure which is worse, actually. Whichever one of those is worse, I don't mean. I mean like the less worse version. This is bad. All right. Um. Yeah, what a huge bummer. I'm going to take one more drink. But okay. Maybe you can tell people – or me, what you like about it that's so defendable right yeah. now. Let me, I'm going to put some more in my glass because I drank all mine. I, I'm not hating on this beer. By all means, you take as much of that as of Ooh, that 16-ounce can that, that you want. Um, you know, it's still, for me, it's very smooth. I am getting some pithy citrus notes. They're subtle. I think the main thing with this beer is its subtlety. It is very, very subdued. It's not overly bitter. It's not overly sweet. It's really almost like plain. I, that's the best way I could describe it. It's like the the unflavored Greek yogurt of beers, where it's just a neutral base almost. Like it's got citrus uh, notes, but they're unflavored so, Greek yogurt's like so tangy and like or punchy. Just, I don't eat dairy, so I sure. just like, I don't even know what it tastes like. What's but, like an unflavored, just unflavored shit? Like shar, uh, sharp. I was gonna I say sharpay, which is a dog. I mean, I mean, um, <laughs> sharpay. What I was gonna say was parfait, which is also not right. I meant like a plain yogurt. What's the palate cleanser that's like ice cream but isn't? Gelato? No. No, sorbet. Sorbet, not parfait, not sharpay. Gelato's a kind of ice cream. Don't it say is, it like but, that. But I already lost it. You just, what was it? Sorbet. Sorbet is like like neutral sorbet. Like yeah. it is a palate cleanser. Yeah. This is not that. See, I don't find it offensive at all. It's it's just not filled with like overwhelming flavors. Mm. Like if they turned up the juiciness or the sweetness or like the hoppiness or all of it, really, I feel like this would be a beer that would fall right into the category of something you love. And I'm honestly a little surprised you are hating on it. I, I'm I'm leading the charge on the surprised vanguard here, man. I'm with you. Um, I guess in the interest of A, transparency, B, having some deep-seated loyalty to this beer, I'm going to say that I was sipping earlier a, an Atomic Torpedo from Sierra Nevada, which is by no means a subtle beer. It's like 9.2%. Mm -hmm. It's an IPA. Um, but I guess that's the disclaimers. Like maybe that's weighing in on my opinion here mm. where it's like changing my palate. Cause this tastes like rotten mangoes, mm. not a ton of citrus. It's super heavy. Um, really, really gross. Mm. Um, it smells terrible too. Like it's not even just that it's the, the tasting experience. It's the entire thing from start to finish is really, really uh, just appalling. I, you know, it seems like it's from a brewery that's never like maybe their first or second year of making beer. And they're like, this is great. Right. And most of the people drinking it are like fans of their homebrew. That's what this tastes like to me. That is bonkers. This tastes, it tastes bad. That's wild. What a hot take. I know. I'm not happy about it. I don't want, I don't want to feel like this about this beer. I just, it, the name of the brewery should be field work a little harder. Field working on it. You know, like, Work field work in progress. I'm not sure. It's I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty upset about it. I could tell. What's you, the beer later again? Pulp free. We'll see because hopefully it's free of any of these flavors. Damn. Son. Let's give it a rating, dude. It's like a. I'm gonna give it like a six six. Oh, it's 
so exponentially too high for what I'm getting. <laughs> a six point six. Yeah. All right. Let me jot it. I, in I really, it's it's not bothersome to me at all. It's just super mellow. It's it doesn't have a lot of characteristics that differentiate it from anything. It's just it's really it feels plain. It just feels plain and subdued. Very mellow. Still drinkable. I I got no problem with this. I wouldn't send it back. I definitely don't think it's as bad as you do. No, so you don't. Yeah, six six for me. In the interest of sass and good discussion and good radio, I wanted to give it a one, but that's not true because I finished what was in my glass. It's not a one. It is a two. This is a horrendous beer. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a bastardization. I'm not sure if I can say that on the radio. I guess I'll find out if you're hearing it. I can. Of what this beer could have been, what it used to be, what we used to be. Bright, fresh, delicious. Losing the thread a little bit there, but you know, like hopeful, hopeful. Like it, it used to be so good, and now it just it feels stale and rotten, and it's just what a huge bummer. Sean, thanks for giving us the beer. If you're hearing this, but um, man, I'm upset about this beer. Not mad at it. Okay, well, do you do you want to? I don't know. You got anything else you want to say about pulp? I say, given this current situation that we're having here. Um, tiebreakers. No, next time we get a chance, we have to try pulp again. Whether oh, it's get, totally getting some guaranteed fresh cans, yes, uh, like straight from the brewery, or going there ourselves, giving them a chance to redeem themselves. It it needs to be on our radar. This year, we will revisit pulp. Can you write that down? Because we're gonna forget. No, I won't forget. Okay. Um. All right. Well, once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Do you think we got this beer wrong? Either of us? Do you think we got it right? You can get in touch. Give us a high five or a slap on the wrist. You can message us on Instagram uh, by searching Fresh Hop Cinema, or you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. We do love feedback. And hey, if you like the show or you like us or a combination of both, take 30 seconds. Come on and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. I would just love it if someone loves the show but hates us. You can do that. Like I, I'm, you, That's what I'm going for. Like we're, I don't This is some weird version of reality, but like maybe we are so informative to you that despite us being really annoying, you can't live without us. Yeah, exactly. You love the show, hate us. Or you think we're idiots and we don't know what we're talking about, but you like our personalities. So either way, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. It really does only take a couple seconds. Definitely the most efficient way to help us get our show in front of new listeners. Uh, So please do that. Up next is a trailer for Women Talking, our movie of the week. If you haven't seen it yet, do not worry. There's no spoilers in our next segment, so don't go anywhere. It was all waiting to happen, before it happened. You could look back and follow the breadcrumbs along the path that led to violence. When we looked back, it had been everywhere. It is a part of our faith to forgive. We would be forced to leave the colonies if we do not forgive these men. None of you will listen to reason. We know that we've not imagined these attacks. We know that we are bruised and terrified. Hope for the unknown is good. It is better than hatred of the familiar. And we could not endure any more violence. We have been preyed upon like animals. Maybe we should respond like animals. How would you feel if in your entire life it never mattered what you thought? 
we've liberated ourselves, we will have to ask ourselves who we are. If you are just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, thank you. You're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today. But if you want to hear the whole thing, go subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It'll be available to stream tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough and you want to hear the rest, go listen. The women of an isolated religious colony reveal a shocking secret about the colony's men. For years, the men have occasionally drunk—I <laughs> haven't read through this description. It's from the internet. I, it's a horrible how casual this is. The men have occasionally drugged the women and then raped them. The truth comes out, and the women talk about their new situation. Sometimes when we're short on time, I'll just copy and paste like the IMDb description, which in this case is very, very uh, a little nonchalant detached. there. This was a film written and directed by Sarah Polly, who lasted Stories We Tell. It was a 2012 documentary. Um, the film itself was based on a 2017 novel by Miriam Toes, which itself was based on this news story that came out. I think the article hit the BBC in 2009 um, about this Mennonite group in Bolivia. Uh, the men were arrested and later convicted of rape and the sexual assault of 151 women and girls. The film stars Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, and others. Um, they play respectively Ona, Salome, and Marish. Um, I also want to shout out sort of the two elders, the two elder women of the village, um, played by Judith Ivey and Sheila McCarthy, playing uh, Agatha and Greta. Um, I also want to give a shout out to actor Ben Wisha, who plays August. This film premiered at Telluride September 2022, got some screens with some limited release on December 23rd, uh, and eventually here, I would guess in the next month or two, will be available for video on demand and maybe in some theaters. It runs an hour and 44 minutes long. It's nominated for Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay at this year's Academy Awards. And it is, like I mentioned at the top of the show, the last film for us to cover in our uh, Best Picture completion, which is something we try to do every year. Mm -hmm. So, Johnny, was this movie on your radar? Mm -hmm. What do you think of it? I really, really, really liked it. It was immediately just, I was enraptured in the, with this mm. dialogue. It mm. was so rich and it was just, yeah, it sucked me in. I, I was, yeah. I wanted to listen to this movie like all day. Yeah. Um, obviously very, very heavy and intense, traumatizing and potentially triggering subject matter. Um, Should we set it up more than that thing did? We'll get there. Okay. Unless you want to do it right in the middle of my thoughts. It just depends on, on whether or not what you're saying needs more setup. Um, no. Okay. Um, so I was went in fairly blind to this movie and was really pleasantly surprised by how engaging it was. It was just so well written and well acted. Uh, Rooney Mara, Jesse Buckley, and Claire Foy were just my God. And it was this deep dive into essentially just a bunch of different debates around a central issue and the way it was discussed and all like seriously very dialogue driven movie and I, I was very there for it you know and they tackled things in their discussions you know guilt you know religion forgiveness violence pacifism it was all such like high level intellectual debate by people that are you know according to this movie relatively uneducated it was it was fascinating to watch and watch how it all played out. I was super invested immediately. 
I was massively entertained. There was a ton of empathy elicited by these characters and this this trauma that they're going through. Um, I immediately invested, couldn't look away. I was completely captivated by this movie and really enjoyed a lot of the performances. I love that Frances McDormand wasn't all the way in this movie because like, I feel like she could have taken over. Yeah. And she was written into this movie sparingly and she was one of the executive producers on this. Right. So I liked that she was not front and center. I mm-hmm. mean, I wouldn't have been mad if she sure. was. She would have been great. But she would have probably stolen the show. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But her role in this I thought was a, a nice accentuation of the cast. Um, thought this was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it, but left me feeling pretty heavy. It was a, yeah. an intense, heavy, traumatic movie, but um, pleasantly surprised at how much I liked it. What I was going to set up is that when you hear the description um, and a little bit more of like basically these women gather to discuss this this whole situation, um, you you might be of the mind that there's only one thing to do and what that is depends on the person that's seeing it. But I, I like that you mentioned the three people, Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, and Jesse Buckley, who, who all kind of embody these three plans of action, right? They kind of establish like, okay, well, we could stay and forgive them which is very much in line with the the religious aspects that they've been taught. Like, mm-hmm. it's important to note that in their religion, like, men are kind of the only people that can forget, like, like grant them absolution for, in this case, like accusing them of rape, mm-hmm. and thereby the only people who can grant them access to heaven. Um, so, so one option is like that. Option two, let's leave. Option three is we fight them. Mm-hmm. And all three of these female characters are sort of the the. Um, uh, channel for for these perspectives, yeah. Um, because I th- and that's kind of where the various conflicts of the film come from is these discussions of of what the best thing will be. And the only people I didn't mention that, um, in terms of age group are here, like there's a couple younger girls. What do you think those kids are like 12, 14, or, or less? Like yeah, yeah. Um, so there's this sort of tier system of of like the older ladies kind of middle-aged 30-ish to 40 and then the kids and Frances McDormand is like of the old guard and she's like this is life this is what we deal with mm-hmm. and it's this discussion of like do we deal with that like, what do we do and that's mm-hmm. what it makes it so intriguing because these are real world issues as I mentioned like this is based on a real thing um, it's not clear by the way when the movie starts that this takes place in I think they say 2010 yeah there's a census taker that comes by I was like come out for the 2010 census and I was like oh snap. we're both like what well, this is modern day yeah um, no I like that that's some good background now I want your thoughts sure okay uh, you're right I also liked it I liked it a lot um, I think performances are great across the board um, Rooney Mara is somebody that I think is great in pretty much everything. She was in a ghost story. Um, sort of, I wouldn't say in a minor part, but it wasn't in there the whole movie. Um, but Jess- she did some of the best acting. Some of the oh best acting. Um, Jesse Buckley, who we, I think, most recently talked about in Men. Um, feel how you want about that movie, but her performance in it is great. Uh, Claire Foy here as Salome is the one that is a little bit more aggressive, and is, she's killer. Everyone in here does such a great job. I think the movie has so much to say about... Um, I mean, sure, it's women's issues, but it's stuff that pertains to a lot of us. It's, there's a lot about like the male gaze and um, the patriarchy, and I think some of these words that get kind of thrown around in um, society today and lose some of their potency because of that. And it's easy to just make memes and headlines and whatever about with, with some of those words. 
But this movie tackles some of that in a really, really satisfying way. And it's, it makes it clear it's not so cut and dry. It's like, this is good and bad. It, it's a very nuanced film with great performances. Um, I love the score. I can't think of who did it right now. Um, but it really knows what it's trying to be. I thought it looked some of the color grading kind of <laughs> the wrong way. Like it has a very specific look to it. Um, I also think Ben Wishaw as August is fantastic. He's like the, he's, I think the only adult male, definitely with any speaking lines. I think you see one person's husband at one point. Don't even get like a face in focus. No. So there's just a presence, which I think works really well for how that's used in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ben Wishaw's performance is fantastic. He's like the only guy that clearly understands what these women have gone through. He's an educator that left and came back to this. I'm going to say cult. Um, mm-hmm. That's fair. And came back, um, you know, for whatever reasons. Um, and is like trying to kind of be the, he's the teacher for these young boys and he does a great job. I, I think, I mean, I would love to watch this movie again. It's an hour and 40 something minutes, not super long. Um, and I think it would just get better on, on multiple viewings. So I, I loved it, man. You want to give it out of 10? It's a nine, two for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did it get above a nine? Why is it less than a 10? There was some issues. Like it was a little tedious to look at. Like you, you brought up the color scheme. It's, it's very. How would you describe it? Washed out. Very washed out. Very uh, monochromatic, almost, almost. Almost grayscale. Sure. There's a couple moments where sunlight breaks through, though. Yeah. Which is really, I mean, great contrast. You got to go Absolutely. through a lot to get there, but yes. And I understand it was a choice, but I think I would have liked to not have that choice made that way. But okay. Sure. Yeah. Certain things like that. It was just little nitpicky stuff. Would there be an argument for that? Uh, tedium of having to watch it that way, lending to the overall tension and sort of mm-hmm. um, distraughtedness of of the mental state of the characters. Distraughtedness. So it's, I know. Hell you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think it, it did. Absolutely. With that in mind, can it take away from? I mean, I know it can for you personally, but mm-hmm. should it? Like, I feel like that. It's almost like a creative choice. It's like yes. Yeah. That no. That brings abs- you into the situation. More. It for me, it's more of like a gut thing, man. It just doesn't feel like a ten. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, mine's a nine. I don't have a good reason why it's not yeah. a ten either, um, except for that sort of thing. Like, there's a couple of of um, a couple of creative choices. Um, part of it's the the way it looks, and um, I don't think it ever dragged. I mean, it's a clearly it's a slow movie. For me, it went by super fast. Yeah, no, it it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't like drag, drag, but yeah. it's it's slow. Um, never felt slow to me. I, maybe no, it doesn't. Let me try to. Did it feel that. slow to you? It's a slow-paced movie. Yeah. There's, there's like on paper not not a lot that happens. I guess in the same way like Twelve Angry Men, not a lot happens, but it's all dialogue based, and I love that dialogue too. Yeah, I wouldn't call a movie that's dialogue centric slow. It's just different style. That's true. You're right. Maybe slow is the wrong word. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I mean it's slower than the average action movie. <laughs> sure. But I I wouldn't call it slow. Did you find this movie funny at all? Were there there moments? were definitely moments of humor. I love that they put that in there. Yeah, um, it, it humanized and just yeah, yeah. loved it. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's great. I would love to watch it again. Um, I know we're getting close on time for our radio listeners, so maybe we kind of leave it there. Um, unless I think you have any last thoughts? Absolutely worth a watch. I think it's you know I had to kind of rethink my picks for best picture. Mm. I was like, oof, <laughs> oof, this is a strong candidate, my friend. Um, fantastic movie, though. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Women Talking is eventually going to be available to rent on video on demand, as well as at some point being in some theaters. For now, 
Good luck seeing it unless you have a good friend who will help you. If you've seen it somehow and you do have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on Instagram by searching Fresh Hop Cinema or you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for women talking, a second beer review, and hot and bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. That's right. The rest of this episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. on all major podcast platforms. To our radio listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next and every Tuesday at, I'm sorry, Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM, people-powered radio. And until then, watch some films and drink something that makes your senses sizzle and makes you happy. To those of you currently listening in podcast form, we'll be right back with our Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone. As a reminder, we are going to spoil women talking. There's a pretty good chance if you're listening to this on the day the episode releases, which is uh, March 3rd, if you're the average person, you probably haven't seen women talking unless you caught it in its limited theatrical run. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into it, Johnny, is this a movie you think the enjoyment or appreciation of is contingent upon spoilers? I would say I wouldn't want this movie spoiled for me. I think the whole debate leading up to the end of this movie is very critical to the plot, and I think the resolution of that would maybe, if it was spoiled, affect your viewing experience. Sure. Okay, then take it from the horse's mouth there. Go see it if you can, and and maybe that means— Call me a fucking horse. In an endearing way. <laughs> Just, you know, maybe it means pausing this podcast and jumping forward to our next beer from Fieldwork. But I th- we both obviously recommend this movie. Yeah, big um, time. It's definitely not everybody's cup of tea. Um, but I think maybe more people should like tea. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, so here we go. Spoilers for women talking. Um, let's start with that. Let's start with the decision, right? There's the three options. You can leave. You can stay and fight them. Or you can stay and forgive them. Mm-hmm. Did you have an inkling of where they were going to end up or where they should end up? It was either stay and fight or leave. I feel like the stay and forgive them was the the least uh, acceptable. How to, are you coming at this? To the majority of the people discussing it. Sure. How am I coming at this in what way? Well, I I think what I didn't quite appreciate was that, I mean, the entire – like their religion, it's so built in mm-hmm. to forgive you know, like that's and not only just forgiving from a Christian perspective, you have to do that, but also like the men hold the gate keys here mm-hmm. and you get the impression it's been decades, generations that this yeah. has been happening or at, at the very least women have been mistreated mm-hmm. by these men. So when I say the right move definitely wasn't to forgive. That's what I'm saying personally. But from their perspective, I could see that being a valid argument. Yeah. Even if you disagree with it, the, the, the philosophical debates that occur mm-hmm. really make you see things from all three sides, you know, of this, yes. every single option yes. is expressed in a way that kind of makes you go, I mean, okay. It just depends on each of these women's different values and the level at which they have overcome essentially the brainwashing that they've been subdued, yes. subjected to. Sure. I really, really, really dig that, uh, the younger people, even the kids, um, are like, there's one scene in particular where we get a flashback and it's it's the two youngest girls in, in the discussion uh, catching one of the boys running away through the cornfield. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty like happy-go-lucky for most of this. And the moment there's discussion of forgiveness essentially, or like, no, oh, you know, one of the characters is like, 
we can't be sure it was them or whatever. And then one of the kids like snaps and is like, what are you talking about? Like, we saw him. Yeah. And it's the first time you see that crack in the like innocent child veneer. Because mm-hmm. presumably this young girl has also been assaulted by a kid who is probably 14, 15. Mm-hmm. That's a really, I mean, that's a really disturbing but important thing to talk about, I think, that they address in this movie is like, towards the end, they're talking about like, all right, like we take, I think it's kids under 12 will come with. And then one of the women in the barn has a child who's like 14. And she's like, can we bring him? And they kind of deflect, not deflect, but um, defer to Ben Wishaw's character. August, like, you're their teacher. Like, do you think 14-year-old boys could be a threat? Mm-hmm. He's basically like, yes, obviously, but also they're not lost souls yet. Mm-hmm. Such a, like, like that discussion of like when that happens, when boys become a threat from just being innocent children. I, I just love the commentary around the younger generation in this in this uh, story. Yeah, absolutely. Just like, are they lot. are they too set in ways, and have they been taught too much to unlearn that, or are they do they still have the air of innocence about them where they right. can be shown a better way and it'll stick? Yeah. Did you find yourself wanting a conflict by the end? Yes, I did too. Oh yeah, Braveheart style. Yeah, let's fucking go. There's that scene where um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was. Um, man, who, who, maybe it was Claire Foy's character who, um, had it the worst from her husband. Not the worst. I'm not sure, but he like constantly beats her. Oh, that was Jesse Buckley. Was it? The one that got, it was Jesse Buckley. You're right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and the, the man that we don't quite see a face on is like waiting in the, um, porch in Mm -hmm. the entryway after getting back from town to like help the other rapist get bail. Mm -hmm. Just, uh. Just a very, very creepy, well shot scene. It made me all the more want like, y'all got like some dynamite to throw off your caravan on the way out, just like mm-hmm. to hit him. I don't know. Seriously, salt the earth. But I was still satisfied by the end. I'm like, they left. They left. Mm-hmm. That was it. They left. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. This is a powerful movie. It really was. I was very moved. Yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah. When, when did you see it? Two, Two nights, nights ago. ago. Me too. Um. Yeah, man, really great. Would certainly recommend people see it if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the Oscars coming up here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so if you care at all about being informed on that kind of thing, not that it really matters. No. Um, it's just a select group of people telling you what is the best movie of the year. I would trust us more than them. I absolutely would. Yeah. At least for the best picture. We've seen all those. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on women talking for coming from two two men talking, uh, by the way? <laughs> uh, Jesse Buckley is my Mia Goth. Is I thought Mia Goth was your Mia Goth. Well, in in uh, pop cultural zeitgeisty popularity, um, you think Jesse Buckley is more popular than Mia Goth? For me, that's why I'm saying she's my Mia Goth. She's more for me in my world, I in see. my mind. She's my Mia Goth. She's more popular. She should be the superstar. She should be in like all the new movies. I think you're giving too much credence to Mia Goth here. Mia Goth is not like a huge star. She's kind of taking she's, over. No, she's like a cult horror star. She's taking over a certain niche market. Mia Goth, by the way. Because not everybody, this is my point, uh, was in like Pearl and X and the movie Infinity Pool. She was in A Cure for Wellness, um, other stuff probably. Mm-hmm. Can you name anything else? No. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Great. <laughs> you had me for a second. Um, I would say maybe Jesse Buckley is not quite as popular. Yeah. But in my heart, she's more popular. Fair enough. Big fan. Yeah. Also, Rooney Mara, undeniable. Rooney Mara is incredible. She's this. unbelievable. She has this air of like, refusing to be pessimistic. She has mm-hmm. this really genuine smile that she whips out at very strange points. Yeah. 
Um, I loved her in this. She's great in this. Her and Jesse Buckley. I mean, those three, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Rooney Mara, I, I can't choose one because they yeah. all three of them represented, represented like they basically represented the three opinions. Yes. And it was super fascinating listening to them debate and have opinions kind mm-hmm. of shift with more yeah. data. Just some really well-written, intelligent, high-level conversation. Yeah, it's worth noting Rooney Mara's character is pregnant here. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not married. She doesn't have like an abusive husband. Um, she has been assaulted by one of the men of the village who has like sprayed her with horse tranquilizer or something. I think that's how that works. Cow tranquilizer. Cat, excuse me, yeah. yeah um, and Im- matter. impregnated her. Um, and there's a discussion there for a minute of like, y- like you're going to have this baby? Like, aren't you going to hate it? And she's like, no, I'm gonna, I already love this baby more than anything ever. Mm-hmm. Um which opens up a whole nother can of worms of like, you know, talks of abortion and, and you could bring politics into it. And, um, but there's something about Rooney Mara's performance that she is just so convincing in this, this beacon of love and hope and optimism. She's great. Mm-hmm. Her relationship with August, by the way, is wonderful. Yeah. I love that. Me too. Um, okay. That's, that's pretty much it for me for women talking. God, I love this movie. I want to watch it again. I'll watch it again with you. God, let's do it. Let's be a couple of men that shut up and go watch women talk. I'm good at that. All right. Um, let's go for beer number two, if you dare. Are you ready? I'm not scared. The beer is pulp-free. It's a West Coast IPA from Fieldwork, if you forgot. 6.9%, and they have this mouthful to say on their website. Pulp-free is the second in our series of conceptual IPAs, exploring and experimenting on specific aspects of this freight train of a beer style. This time around, we visit the trend of the northeast of juicy, yet turbid IPAs, and we attempt to replicate this over-the-top juicy profile and aroma, all while leaving out as much yeast as possible to avoid the short shelf life and off flavor caused by leaving excessive yeast in beer. High starch and protein grains are used in more than one step in the brewing process to guarantee not just body, but the trademark haze we have come to expect from the northeast. We went for a far more aromatic yeast ester profile than normal, contributing complementary scents of overripe peaches falling from the tree, similar to the first beer, if I remember right. Low bitterness and an over-the-top dry hopping of citra and mosaic hops keep this beer in line with our typical fieldwork flavor profile. The hops meld together to create an aggressive beer in line with our typical fieldwork flavor profile. The hops meld together to create an aggressive aroma that smells like a drive through a citrus orchard in peak of season. Weird way to phrase that. Notes of fresh orange, yellow grapefruit, and juicy sweet mango trek from the first sniff to the last sip. Pulp-free IPA delivers just what we want. Pure, juicy, hoppy deliciousness. Hop. Without, come on, man. Pure, juicy, hop deliciousness without any of that pesky pulp. I liked one of those lines so much that I read it twice. And now we're most of the way through. Uh, uh, Fieldworks discussion, description. <laughs> it was a discussion, <laughs> dude. It really was. The point is, I like I said earlier, their website is not easy to read. No. So, they need to hire a proofreader. They really do. Yeah. Also... Let's not call the beer that you made typical. Yeah. That seems like a poor choice. It's fine. Who cares? Yeah. All right. Um, I think it comes down to the last line. Pulp-free IPA delivers just what we want. Pure, juicy hop deliciousness without any of that pesky pulp. We'll see about that. Um, as we're tasting this for the first time, can we double check? There's no canning date on this either. Cool. I assume there's not, but I could be wrong. Canned on 2-1-22. I'm sorry. What year? 23. My bad. <laughs> All right, great. Oh, that was so, almost bad. Exactly one month old. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had a taste. I have not. Why don't you walk me through what's going on in your mouth? You know, it's not dissimilar to the first one in its subtlety. There's really no flavor profile, like no beer descriptors poke out to me other than subdued, mellow, easy drinking. It's not really noticeably hoppy to me or very bitter at all, but it's also somehow not juicy either. It's like very neutral. I feel like your mouth is off. Do you mean in comparison to something outspoken or do you mean compared to no, water? No, like for, for the style. Okay. For the style of like West Coast IPAs. Uh, well, I don't agree. I mean, that makes more sense than saying it's not hoppy or bitter at all. I but. mean, there's a little bitterness, but it's it's counterbalanced with some juiciness so well, they almost cancel each other out. It's really well balanced. Yeah. Is it too well balanced? No, 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 no. It's, I think it's, it's way better than the first one. Uh, Great nose on it. Enjoyable. I couldn't smell it the first time because my glass was so full. I don't know what you're trying to do to me. Um, but okay. Again, 6.9%. Tiny glasses. Yeah, sure. Um, let me let me go in again. I like this a lot more than the first. That's as far as I've gotten so far. That's fair. Um, logic would dictate that the they were both canned probably around the same time. So I'm starting to have less and less faith that revisiting pulp is a good idea. We're mm-hmm. still going to do it, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you pick up two cans at the same time, they're usually pretty... with what do you think within a month? Oh, easily. if not more, yeah, or if not closer, yeah, if not less, yeah. Um, but I, I like this one more than the first one. It does have a little tiny punch of, of hops right at the front. You get it on the nose. You get some bitterness up front. It dissipates really quickly. Incredibly, um, you can drink large quantities of this out of your glass every time. Yes. Like every time I, I don't yeah. want to just sip it. It's uh-huh. a very quaffable beer. Um, for me, citrus is way more in the forefront than in the last beer. I think the citrus was very muted in the standard pulp. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing a I'm picturing a, a hot summer's day and on all baseball field, old, and old Babe Ruth's up to bat, and the pitcher's giving him an underhand for some reason, and he's getting ready to swing. And, oh, that's not a baseball; it's a grapefruit. Knocks it out of the park, but it splatters. And that sort of psh, the the mist from eviscerating a grapefruit with a Louisville Slugger baseball bat is the bright effervescence that I'm experiencing from this. That might be my favorite sentence you've ever said. It can't be, though. It can't be right. That wasn't, that, that wasn't bad. That's but, up you know. there. You're like, fuck your, <laughs> Don't flowery, insult me. <laughs> your flowery prose. Um, Eviscerating a grapefruit yeah, with I mean, a Louisville slugger. Louisville. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's, I mean, it's very much bright compared to the first one. And that's kind of what I'm comparing it to because here we are. We're comparing not only two beers from Fieldwork, but two beers that are essentially iterations of each other. Yeah. I like this one. Me too. I really didn't like the first, you might recall. <laughs> I'm not sure that I really like this one yet, but I do like it. Mm-hmm. What do you like about it? I like that it's not so muted. And I, I hate that I'm disagreeing with you on this, but it, for me, it's it's a lot more outspoken. And and let me just let me just change my language to not reflect a comparison. Let me just, just focus on this. Um I think objectively, at least so I guess still subjectively, but but as a beer for me, it's 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 really, really thank you. Um really, really bright, really uh present. I think the citrus is the strongest part of this. Um there's not the intrinsic bitterness that you get in the West Coast, so I, I can appreciate that they're going for more of the sweetness thing. I think maybe on the tail end it's a little bit sweet, a little too sweet, I mean. Um, but overall, 
it's just a really well-balanced drinking experience that accentuates the bright spring notes um, that I attribute with a, a more citrus-forward beer. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. It's it's really enjoyable. That's one thing I will say. For me, it's almost so well-balanced it becomes unremarkable. I could see that. It just becomes there. Sometimes you don't want to ride a roller coaster. You want to ride a train to the to the middle of America. You know what I mean? Yeah, this feels like a really safe IPA. Like just, you know. Yeah. yeah. This IPA knows how to fold a fitted sheet. You know, it's just living a good, wholesome. Wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it returns its library books on time. It's like, <laughs> I was going to try to tie it in the movie, but there's no like non-weird way to do it. Yeah, let's not. It's living a simple life <laughs> without any of the problems associated with sometimes living a simple life yeah. in middle America. Yeah. No, it pays its taxes, goes to work every day. Skips the census. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't need any of that. No. Who cares about Living that? Living a simple life yeah. in a quiet town. I like it. It's good. It's yeah. really good. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to go in for my, I want to say third drink. Yeah. Do it. I enjoy it. I don't love it. Uh, for the style of being a clear IPA, I find it underwhelming. Uh, but com- in comparison to the first beer, it's head and shoulders above it for me. Uh, but in the in the pantheon of West Coast IPAs, this is going to be probably in the bottom third. You know, at the same time, it tastes a little bit like somebody squeezed a lemon into my gym underwear. Wow, that took a turn. It, I just went, you know. Wow. It, it's um, there's a there's something there that I don't love. It's right at the end. I'm really trying to nitpick here a little bit. Um, Smooth but, drinking, <clears throat> though, man. Well, yeah, for the most part, except for that gym shorts with lemon juice. Yeah. It's a very specific kind of tang. You're making like a, oh, what's that stuff with the raw fish and they squeeze lime Sashimi. juice? Sashimi. No. no. Oh, oh, oh. Lime it's not juice. carpaccio. It's uh, ceviche. Do you think I would know this? Ceviche. I don't know A little bit is. of a gym short <laughs> ceviche thing happening. Yeah. It's like you spilled your, your what do you call those? Cocktails that are like a shrimp cocktail? Mm-hmm. Right into your, into your gym shorts. A shirts. shrimp cocktail? What's ceviche? It's raw fish. What's shrimp cocktail? It's raw fish. Yeah, but is it? Shrimp's cooked usually, isn't it? Yeah. I don't need seafood, as you know. <clears throat> yeah. So who knows? <laughs> Lost it a little bit here. I've gone off, All right. off the rails a tiny bit. Okay. So would you buy this beer again? No. Okay. Would I drink it again? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. There's lots of free beers that I would drink again. There's a lot that I wouldn't. Yeah. The first one? No, thanks. Yeah. I would drink this one again. I'll drink what I have. Okay. But it's not great. All right. You feeling confident enough to give me an out of 10? Yeah, it's a six. Okay. What do you think? Oh, six, nine. Six, nine? Yeah. The same as the ABV? Yeah. Nice job. It's, 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 it's whelming. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, you gave it marginally a better score than the first one. Yeah. I thought you wouldn't give it a lot better. No. You gave the first one 6.6. I've thought this was for sure in the sevens. For no, you. because this is, this is my favorite genre of beer. It's true. Well, no, it's not because this is a beer that they are attempting to um, imbue with the flavors of a New England IPA. Sure. Without any of the yeasty, hazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, you look at a beer like Spiritual Experience from uh, Slice. It's almost, that's almost what it is, but it's not what it's called. What is it called? Do you want to try again? Spiritual Moment? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, No, you don't win that one. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I got it in the second guess. Um, That beer. The hazy West Coast IPA. Great. That is like the penultimate. That's what this beer wants to be. This this mailman of a beer has dreams of riding a white horse into battle being that beer from Slice. Sure. And it's not. No, it's not. Never will be. So 
there, yeah, there's a wide world of beers. This one's completely adequate. I would definitely drink it again. I would probably buy a four pack of it again. How much was this? We, I don't it was know. also it was a gift. gift right? I think their four packs are in the twenty dollars range. A habit of standard, yeah, totally standard price. It's not overly <clears throat> expensive. It's good everyday beer, but it's not anything to write home about. It's 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 not special. No. And and increasingly, and this gets back to our conversation from earlier about sort of the nostalgia and our the changing of our palates over the years. Uh, I think it was maybe a lack of exposure to other beers that really made me double down on fieldwork. Because increasingly, I think they make okay stuff. Um, I've had some sours over the years that are pretty fun, a little daring, a little, little exciting. But what I thought was going to be their most exciting things were their IPAs. And the more I try them, the longer I've been drinking craft beer, the less jazzed I am on those beers. Yeah. The sample size increases, man. The expectations grow. And and what you're tasting from every brewery is just yep. gets sh- uh, shaded by all that life and, yeah. and beer experience. That yeah. It's just not as not what it once was. No. Okay. Well, 6.9 for you. Six for me. That's pulp free. Do you have anything else you want to talk about about this beer, or should we move into Hot and Bothered? Option number two, please, sir. Welcome to Hot and Bothered, everybody, the portion of the show where we talk about what's going on in our lives. Sometimes it's movie and beer related. Sometimes it isn't. Um, This week it is. So you've got... Oh, no. You added that after we started, didn't you? Oh, yeah. you son of a bitch. You couldn't have, you couldn't have, we couldn't have done that on Patreon. We couldn't have done that like we did with the Mountain Dew ones. You want me to get some? Yeah. And I want you to not talk about it now. I want you to get some because you like them. We're so good. And I want you to save a teaser for monster energy drink seltzers. Monster fucking Hard seltzers. seltzers. And I want you to, I want us to leave it at that and we review it properly on patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema where we will try all four flavors. Yeah. Cause. Because that's what we did with the Mountain Dew ones, and that was so fun. Yeah. Are you willing to agree to these terms? It means I get to drink them again and not pay for them. Good point. Fuck yeah. Okay, so I watched a movie this week from 2019 called Swallow from director Carlo Mirabella Davis. It stars Haley Bennett, and she plays this gal named Hunter, a girl with a quote-unquote ideal marriage um, to this guy who comes from sort of a richer family, and his you know parents are rich, and their parents, that long generational wealth, she kind of caught a lucky break, as her mother-in-law puts it. She used to work retail, married rich. Um, She develops a disorder that causes in her a strong urge to swallow various objects, um, starting from the benign of like an ice cube, then a marble, then a thumbtack. Um, It's not quite that sequential, the film is, and it's more an exploration of this woman's deteriorating mental state, and there's commentary on um, motherhood and the pressures of society. Haley Bennett's fantastic in it. I rented it on Vudu. It's on Video On Demand. It's been on my list for a long time. Um, Very, very tonally proficient in what it's trying to do. It's a singular vision, a very creepy movie, um, steeped in all sorts of weird ambiance. It's really fantastic. Uh, I would recommend checking it out, certainly to you, Johnny, maybe to other people, if you like what I've just described. That sounds great. For what it's worth, we were, we were, uh, uh, you know, uh, cycling through movies, and I was trying to show my buddy Rob a movie he'd never seen. So it was between, we came down to between this and the film from Julia Ducournau, Raw. Oh. Different movies, but weirdly similar kind of um, moods. Gotcha. So if you liked Raw. Raw was a whole mood. Or if you haven't seen Raw and you've seen Swallow and you like to check out Raw, vice versa, I'm caping for two movies here. I like it. That's Swallow. Give me an out of 10 on Swallow. Uh, I didn't quite stick the landing. So like a seven. 
Okay. Yeah, although it was pretty open for interpretation, which I like, it didn't kind of force its perspective down your throat, so that's nice. So maybe maybe more like an eight. No, I'm going to stick to seven. Was that a swallowing pun? No. Down the throat? Uh, nope. Come Still on. seven. That was genius. I'm going to go seven. You're so <clears throat> accidentally funny. Thank you. Man. All right. I'm going to have to check it out. Hopefully you bought it on Voodoo so I, I can watch it. I think I might have. That'd be rad. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah. I saw, as well as you, a very tonally unsettling movie. Yeah. Infinity Pool. I have been on a Cronenberg kick, as it's well documented. I'm watching all of David Cronenberg's movies this year. Just recently watched The Fly, all-time classic, Jeff Goldblum, peak. Sure. But to his offspring, we will give some credit today. The, to, Bran- the Brandon Cronenberg. To Goldblum's? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> to uh, David Cronenberg's offspring. Right. Uh, I watched Infinity Pool. It was the 2013 film. Nope. Fa- um you watched what movie? Infinity Pool. In what year did it come out? 2023. All right. You said 2013. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yes, you did. All right. <laughs> came out in 2023. It was the follow. It is the follow-up to 2020's Possessor. Uh, it was obviously directed by Brandon Cronenberg, stars Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård, as well as a few other people. Uh, but those were the main two actors. And, man... I went into this movie 100% blind. What's the pit? What's the, what's the deal? What's the deal with the movie? Like, what's the, I mean, I can read to you the generic internet thing if you want. Do that. Okay. Uh, guided by a seductive and mysterious woman. I assume that's Mia Goth. Mm-hmm. A couple on vacation venture outside the resort grounds and find themselves in a culture filled with violence, hedonism, and untold horror. A tragic accident soon leaves them facing a zero tolerance policy for crime. Either you'll be executed or if you're rich enough to afford it, you can watch a cloned version of yourself die instead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So basically, if you're super rich, crime's legal. They'll just clone you and kill the clone. Right. Like the law is like the family of whoever you crimed against uh-huh. can kill you. Get their Gets sort to, of yeah. get their rocks off in that sense. Yeah. But it's just a copy. Right. And they they watch it in sort of like an arena style fashion. Uh, initially, this experience was uh, had by Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, as you know, a pure accident. Are you going to spoil this movie? By the way, is no. that what's happening? No, you're not going to spoil it. No, okay. uh, it leads to a hedonistic level of uh, purge-like things happening. Big purge mm-hmm. vibes from this. Mm-hmm. Very psychedelic undertones in this movie. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of very trippy visuals and really scattered, fragmented, multicolor, pixelated yeah. scenes and. Yeah. Definitely a trippy movie. Ultra violent, very disturbing. It sets a very unsettling tone. Mia Goth is absolutely disturbing in this movie. Sure, she's good at that. Yeah, she's very disturbing. Uh, her nebulous, sometimes British accent was also very disturbing. Sure. Uh, I still don't really know how I feel about this. I watched it last night. It left me feeling pretty weird. What do you mean weird? It just, it was so unsettling. You keep the, saying unsettling. I'm going to have to pry. Yeah. Just the, the reality that we settle into, like the reality of the people in this movie that are kind of playing this system of crime uh, that is legal for the right amount of money uh, and the, the interactions they have with each other is because he kind of falls in with this group of people that are ultra wealthy that uh-huh. have been doing this. He's an for author. Some time. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just there. The level of depravity is pretty high uh, from a group of people. I mean, it was sure. really, it reminded me of the purge, but like turned up to 12. 
Because the purge was eleven. Yeah. Okay. Um, the clones that are made mm-hmm. are they like brain dead? No. The, the the point is that they're imbued with your memories, so when they die, they feel guilty of the crime that you committed. So it's like it's like the Prestige, and it's also like that Netflix series with Paul Rudd that I can't remember the name. Ooh, of. Ooh, that was good. I never saw the Prestige. You never seen the Prestige? No. Oh, come on, man. Should that be on the list? That shouldn't need to be on the list. You need to see The Prestige. Okay. It's like Nolan, like 101. Okay. You gotta see The Prestige. Right. Are you kidding me? I'm on it. Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, fucking um, David Norton? Bowie shows up in that? No, you think of The Illusionist. Um, they came out similar times, so it's a very confusing overlap. But yeah. No, not Ed Norton. When shit like this happens, <clears throat> I find myself just not watching either because I haven't seen The Illusionist. The either. Illusionist is good as well, <laughs> but The Prestige is like, oh, man. It's well. It sounds like maybe not not visually or tonally, but thematically deals with similar. I don't really know what this movie deals with. Like, it seems like they're past the point of caring. Like the sentient clone is going to get murdered. I don't mm-hmm. think that's an issue. You got to watch the Prestige. Okay, it's very good. All right, it's Hugh Jackman. Yeah, love so me some good. Hugh Jackman. He's so good. All right. Oh man, Christian, I'll watch that with you right now. And Christian Bale commits always, always yeah. love that man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I have homework to it's do. It's so good. All right. Have you seen The Prestige? I didn't know. This is the first <sighs> time hearing of it. Of The Prestige? From you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, that's the point. So there's, okay. it's it's part Prestige. I wish I wouldn't have said that. No, it's fine. Well, that makes me want to watch Prestige. And the Paul Rudd thing. Yeah. Okay. Which was great. When's season two coming out? I never is it ever? season one. Probably got canceled. But okay, sure. Yeah, trippy movie. Should I watch Infinity Pool? I don't think this is a movie for you. Did you like Possessor? I love Possessor. It's in my top 10 of the year, dude. Then yes, you should watch it. All right. But I didn't see Crimes of the Future, so I can't say if I like that. I know different Cronenbergs, but still. I think different Cronenbergs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. I, I Yeah. You know it. I wouldn't like Terrifier 1 or 2. Correct. This is, this is way, maybe. This is 100% more your speed than Terrifier. Well then, that might be enough for me. I wanted, I wanted to see this. You should still watch it. Okay, great. Um, just, just go in with like, don't watch this in a bad mood. Just be ready and in the sure. mind space of being like, a little fucked up by the end of it. All right. Well, it's probably in theaters now. I think still, it's also on Amazon Prime and YouTube and all those places for between ten and fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's gonna make any waves um, in award season for twenty twenty three films, or is it not that? I don't think so. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Then it'll be another snub for Skarsgård, who also was overlooked in The Northman, for The Northman. He was great in this. All right, good. He's good sometimes. He's a good actor. I like it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, got, check it out. You got anything else? I'd be curious to hear your take on it. Then I will check it out. Okay, cool. deal. Um, that's all I got. All right, well, that's all I got too. Uh, as usual, this show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Big shout out to The Handlebar. Sick-ass happy hour. Thanks to everybody on Patreon. Um, And my name's Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers. Watch some disturbing movies. Watch Women Talking. My God, it was good. Unrelated. Well, not exactly. It's kind of a disturbing movie. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, Drink some Monster Seltzers and keep up with us because we're going to put some bonus content out next week. Most importantly. Ooh, beers for next week? Do you tell me? No, you tell me. We're doing Crux. Oh, finally. Yes. Good. I promise. 100% guaranteed next week. Great. We're doing Crux. Perfect. But until then, just be good to each other. Hug somebody. See you next week.
This is Fresh Hop Cinema.